Hi, welcome to the Charlotte Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message and that it both encourages and inspires you. I am excited to share this morning. Are you excited to get around the Word? I'm excited to whenever we open up the Word of God, something significant happens because the Word of God is alive. It is alive and I'm excited. So this morning, we're going to get straight into it and we're going to look at Acts, Acts chapter 16. And I think we're going to get the Scriptures up on the side screens. If you've got a Bible, why don't you turn with me to Acts chapter 16. If you don't have a Bible or you are short-sighted and can't read that far, it's okay. I'm going to read it out for you. Acts chapter 16 from verse 16, as I just said. (laughs) Once when we were going to a place of prayer... We were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the spirit, In the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. And at that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners realised that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrate and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating unlawful, unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrate ordered them to be stripped And beaten with rods. And after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received those orders, he put them in the inner cell and their feet fast and fastened their feet in stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a violent earthquake, and the foundations of the prison were shaken, and at once the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. I'm going to stop there. I'm actually just going to pray before we keep going. Why don't you just, where you're at, if you're ready to receive from God this morning, why don't you just lift up your hands? I'm lifting up my hand. Jesus, we just pray that you would speak to us this morning, Lord. We pray that you would speak to us right where we're at, no matter what kind of a week we've had, whether it's been a good or a bad one. We thank you for your word. Amen. Amen. This morning, I wanted to look at the waiting. The waiting. If you want to personalise it, your season of waiting. We're all, we've all waited for something before. It's could be something small like going through Maccas and you think you're going to go be real quick and go through drive through only to find out they put the wrong food in the bag, they make you wait longer and it would have been easier for you to go in. Or maybe you're the girlfriend that is waiting to be called a fiancé and you grab the phone and you say, diamond ring, diamond ring, diamond ring, so that they can get those, you know, targeted ads. I know, I know. Waiting can be annoying. But I don't know about you, as I read what Paul and Silas did in that jail cell, after being attacked, stripped, beaten and severely flogged with their feet clamped, the very last thing 
I'll be honest, I would probably feel like doing is singing hymns or praying. It isn't some sort of cushy jail cell where, you know, they have to provide you with your dietary requirements or give you a pillow and a blanket. No, no, no. This was the innermost cell and their feet were clamped and the guards were asked to watch them carefully so they couldn't move. They were very much stuck and yet they prayed. And yet they sang. They sang hymns. That's incredible. Now, we jokingly said about going through Macca's drive-thru and, you know, waiting for the ring. I get it. But waiting can also just be hard. Let's be real. Waiting can be hard when you've been waiting for your healing. You're waiting for your breakthrough. Or you're waiting for your son and your daughter to come back to Jesus. You're waiting for provision at work. Maybe you've been waiting weeks. Maybe you've been waiting months, but maybe you've been waiting years. And waiting can be hard. Let's be real. Waiting can be hard. But it got me thinking this morning, how do you wait? How do you wait when life throws things at you that is just unbearable, painful and crazy and you feel like you get attacked and you feel like you get stripped and you feel like you get beaten and severely flogged and your feet are clamped and you are stuck. How do you wait? What do you do when you're stuck and you can't move? And if you're someone taking notes this morning, number one, what you're waiting in matters more than what you're waiting for. I'm going to say that again. What you're waiting in matters more than what you're waiting for. You see, we can become so focused on what we're waiting for and so fixated on the outcome that we lose sight of what we're waiting in. We think the most important step is what we're waiting for. So we sit in this space and we just look and we're just waiting and waiting for that door to open and we lose sight of what we're waiting in. And we think to ourselves, oh, Is that a crack? Did did I hear a door slightly open? Is that person finally coming to apologise? I've been waiting in bitterness and anger this entire time. If they would just say sorry, then I could move on. And we forget that we've been waiting in this. We've been waiting for that job to finally open. Is that promotion coming? Because then I'll be more committed. I'll be ready when the door opens. And we get so fixated on that door that we don't realise what we're actually waiting in. What are you waiting? You see, some of us wait in fear. Some of us wait in stress. Some of us wait in overthinking. All my overthinkers, I hear you. I have that natural bend. I understand. Some of us wait in alcohol. Some of us wait in addiction, in self-pity, in bitterness and in anger. But what you're waiting in matters more than what you're waiting for. You know what all those things have in common? A lack of self-control. What does Galatians 5.22 says? But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control self-control. You see, the enemy wants us to buy into the lie that waiting in fear is okay. You're just playing out all the options, right? It's okay to wait in fear. 
comfort eating is no big deal. Having a drink, just one more drink to ease the pain. It's okay, you can stop whenever you want to. Oh, I'm just waiting and overthinking. It's okay, it's what I do to process things. You know, I need to think about the way the person looked at me and what they really were saying in their mind. I know. And then before you know it, you've been overthinking for hours and you haven't prayed for one minute. You haven't even prayed for one minute. Or you think, I'll just take one more hit. And then when the door opens, then I can let go and then I can commit my life. When the person comes to apologise, then I can let go and I can forgive. But all of those things have us fooled. They've got us fooled into thinking that you are in control with all of this. But the reality is this. You're actually not meant to be in control. You see, you are to have self-control as empowered by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say that again. You are meant to have self-control as empowered by the Holy Spirit. It's God who is in control. He holds the keys to whatever door you have been waiting and maybe focused on. You see, this morning, Paul and Silas, they sang, even though they were beaten, they sang and they prayed, even though they were uncomfortable. Why? Because they understood that God is in control. So they worshipped and they praised because they're not waiting in frustration. They waited in faith. They waited in peace because God is in control. So this morning, I just want to encourage you, what you're waiting in matters more than what you're waiting for because what you're waiting for, God holds that. But what you're waiting in, that's self-control, right? That's self-control. And the other thing, as I was reading this, number two, is your words, they can determine your chains. Your words can determine your chains. Let's remember now that these men, they were locked down, like proper lockdown, right? Who knew when they would walk out? It's not as though they set a time frame or mentioned to them, hey, you know, in this time frame you'll be leaving. It's not like they were liked by the people who threw them in there. So who knew if or when they would get out? And yet in that innermost cell, the only thing that left their lips were prayer and worship. Were prayer and worship. You see, they understood something just like Paul in the name of Jesus commanded that spirit to leave. They understood something that their words, they carried power. Church, I want to encourage you this morning. Your words carry power. Your words carry power. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they who indulge in it shall eat the fruit of it for death or life. Your words, they carry power. What if Paul and Silas didn't sing? What if they didn't pray? Let's not lose sight that in what you say in your waiting... While you are waiting for that door to open, it carries power. So what do you say? What do you say when you're faced in a situation that you feel very much stuck and you can't get out? What do you say about the people that surround you in that waiting? Hmm. What do you say about yourself? Sometimes we don't think about that, but what do you say about yourself? And dare I say it, What do you say about God? 
We've all heard it. When we are so fixated on the door that we're wanting to open in the time frame that we would like for it to open and we say, God, where are you? I feel like you've left me. You see, sometimes we chain ourselves up instead of speaking freedom. Your words, they can determine your chains. And I get it sometimes when you have been waiting and you have been waiting and you have been waiting. The temptation to focus on what you're waiting for is huge and what you're waiting in. Let's not be people that magnify what we're waiting in. If we're waiting in bitterness, if we're waiting in despair, if we're waiting in anger or unforgiveness. Now, I'm not saying that we don't experience them, but let's choose life. Let's speak freedom. Don't allow the words that come out of your mouth to keep you chained up. Your words carry power. Let's speak freedom. You see, Paul and Silas sang like they were free. Because I don't know that I would have sang stuck in a jail cell like that, but they did. Who knew if they even sounded any good? There was no auto-tune there. But the funny thing is sometimes we are reluctant to sing. We are reluctant to speak out in faith. We are reluctant to speak out in freedom. And I want to encourage you, if you've been waiting for a while, it can be a little bit tiring But you've got to speak it out. You've got to speak it out. What does David say in Psalm 119.11? I have hidden your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Which means there are times when we are tempted to say the wrong things. There are times when we're tempted to look at the wrong things. There are times when we are tempted to wait in the wrong things. But let the words that come out of your mouth be the Word of God. Hey, we have Spotify and YouTube. You can put on praise and worship anytime. You don't even need to have Pastor Kim in your living room to sing for you. You know, I just think sometimes we see the situation that we are in as a life sentence. Stop that. Your words, they can determine your chains. Your words can carry freedom. You know, I think I've shared this before at Shiloh, but I really feel like I need to share it again. And so it was a a long time ago when I was working in in a non-Christian setting, shall we say, in an office environment. And I was walking down the corridor and I was just going from one place to another and a girl stopped me and she's like, I don't get it. I'm like, sorry? How is it that you were smiling right now? And I looked at her at first. I was like, what is she talking about? I don't understand. And then I just realised. She's like, I don't understand after everything that's happened, how you were smiling right now. You see, in the weeks leading up to that point, Pastor Phil and I were very excited. We were expecting a baby. Life was good. We'd planned this holiday and we were going to go overseas. We'd paid for it. We saved up and it was all very exciting. All of those things were happening and life was great. And then through a series of unfortunate events, our passports got lost. We didn't make the trip. We lost virtually all of that money. And then we were in a position where we went for a routine scan and they said to us, I'm really sorry. 
but you've lost your baby. And that was really confronting. And as we went to the scans and the tests and the blood tests and all of the things to confirm, I was in this waiting season of where I was looking at different doors that I would love for God to have answered in the timing that I would have loved to have answered, for him to have answered it. And I, I'll be honest, I was waiting in hurt. I was waiting in confusion. I was waiting in bitterness. I was waiting in anger. I was waiting in, I don't know, depression, I guess. It was just a lot. And I realised after a while that I began to speak out of the places that I was waiting in. And I realised that I didn't want to wait there. I didn't want to be there. So I shifted and I started to wait in God. And I started to wait by praising Him, by worshipping Him, even if I couldn't see the door opening the way that I wanted it to. I was just going to worship Him anyway. I was just going to praise Him anyway because He is worthy regardless of whether He opens the door in the way I want Him to open it or not. And you know what? And everyone in my workplace knew what I was going through because we were a bit of a tight little unit there. And I realised something, that the way you wait, it can provide a breakthrough for other people and people are actually watching the way you wait. People are watching the way you wait. So as I waited in God and as I worshipped and I praised Him, I just started to feel peace. Peace that doesn't make sense. Joy that doesn't make sense naturally, right? But I did. And then I realised, huh, she's been watching me. Number three, the way you wait can provide a breakthrough for others. The way you wait can provide a breakthrough for others. Notice what it says in verse 25. And the other prisoners were listening. People aren't just watching how you're waiting. They're listening to what you're saying. As Paul and Silas prayed and worshipped, the earthquake came and the doors flung wide open. All of the chains of every prisoner fell off. So while you're waiting for your miracle, while you're waiting for the right job, while you're waiting for your kids, while you're waiting for your miracle, your restoration of relationships with other people, the way you wait can rattle the jail cell of others around you and who knows how long they've been in there. You see, in your waiting, people can see Jesus. Can people see Jesus in your waiting? Because we're all waiting for something. It can break open the chains of depression it can break open the pain of unforgiveness as they see Jesus in your waiting, as they hear worship flowing out of your lips. I want to challenge you this morning. Your kids are watching you while you wait for that financial provision. They are. Your neighbours are watching you while you wait. Your brother is watching you while you wait. Your sister is watching you while you wait. Hey, your non-Christian co-workers are watching you while you wait. 
I think it's incredible. Actually, if we look a few verses down, we see the jailer actually freaked out, thinking that all the prisoners had left. So he took out his sword. He was actually getting ready to kill himself. And Paul says to him, stop, don't kill yourself. We're all here. Pause. If I've been beaten, if I've been like beaten with rods and I've been severely flogged and then I get thrown in prison and then I pray and I worship and the doors fling wide open, I'm not sticking around, I'm running out. But he stayed. Anyway, that's... But why did he stay? You see, because he knew that there was more to be done. Let's read verse 29. The jailer called for lights and ran to the dungeon and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. Then he brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, along with everyone in your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with them with all who lived in the household. Even at that hour of the night, the jailer cared for them and washed their wounds. I mean, that's incredible. Then he and everyone in the household were immediately baptised. He brought them into his house, set a meal before them, and his entire household rejoiced because they all believe in God. I mean, that's incredible. Church, the way you wait can provide a breakthrough for others. What you're waiting in matters more than what you're waiting for because God is in control. Your words can determine your chains because your words, they carry power. And the way you wait can bring about a breakthrough for others. Have you ever looked at your waiting as a way to minister to other people? Or we so focused on the door being pushed wide open in the way that we expect that we miss that opportunity. It's challenged me about how I wait. We all go through seasons of waiting. But God is in control. I might actually ask the team to come back up, if that's okay, creative team. This morning, I just want to encourage some people who've been waiting for a long time and maybe you've grown a little bit weary and maybe you've grown a little bit tired. But I want to encourage you this morning that in your waiting, you can carry power, that in your waiting something significant can shift, that in your waiting, you can refocus and fixate your eyes on Him. Thank you for joining our podcast. We hope you were blessed by today's message. You can connect with us at shilohchurch.com.au.